0: Welcome into Hoops Forum, a production of Radius Athletics and a quick timeout podcast. I'm Tony Miller, and I'm joined once again this week by my co-host, Randy Sherman. Big thanks to our sponsors over at 323 Sports. If you're looking to spend less on team packs this year, check out 323 Sports' famous $55 team packs. Four pieces of apparel, that's a short sleeve tee, a long sleeve tee, shorts, and a hoodie, all for $55. To find out more about what they can do for your program, visit 323sports.com or you can contact a sales rep at sales at 323sports.com. They'll be sure to do it right for your basketball program. Today, we're going to be covering a variety of suggestions that we have for things connected to what we call special situations. And Randy, Mm -hmm. I'm not exactly sure what comes to mind when a coach hears special situations, but what all would you include underneath of that?
1: I guess when I hear that word, I tend to think of sort of late game Situations where we might need something specific for that situation that we maybe don't do the rest of the game. It, it's mm-hmm. sort of like an outlier category. Um, I think when I think of special situations, late game pops to mind. Like, you know, so and so's out of a timeout, and they need a three, they need a two. So um, that's what I think
0: of. Yeah. I, I think probably for a lot of us, um, it's one of those areas of the game that, you know, is important. I don't know necessarily, it seems like for some, like there, some that practice it every day, others that kind of will kind of do mm-hmm. it maybe as it presents itself. Others are even like knee jerk, like, Oh, we just got beat this way last night. We should probably practice this. And so kind of just the idea of, we, what suggestions we would make as far as how you would practice those, how often you would practice those and what exactly the, those would look like. And I think maybe at least I feel this way, maybe part of the reason why I haven't necessarily always practiced special situations a lot is because mm-hmm. I almost feel overwhelmed. Like there's so many possibilities yes. of what could happen. I can't recreate all of them. And I think that's kind of maybe sometimes where the knee jerk reaction comes like we got beat this way. Okay. We're going to practice that. But we all in the back of our mind know I probably could get beat another way the next night, but I don't know what that
1: next thing might be. Yeah, I think I think the the goal from what I want want you and I to talk about today is is to get across some preparedness. Like mm-hmm. can you be prepared for every eventuality? I don't know, but like common ones that come up at the end of the at end of games. Um, end of half, things like that. I think we can have a plan. I know a lot of coaches, like um, myself included, in at certain points in my career and in and, and certain parts of the season, of the season, especially early. Like I, I tended to kind of like just do that for my team. Like I'll call the timeout. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, call, you know, sort of take it as it comes in the game and sort of control it more from the sideline, but. I think when you think of teams that that are really good in special situations that that the teams that get applauded for how they execute in late game. There's probably been some rehearsal to where not only does the coach know what he wants to do or she wants to do in the moment, but the players on the court, they know timeout or they know foul or they know we need you know we need to take it to the rim or get the ball inside right here or get fouled or don't foul or whatever you know um what what i like to do in practice was sort of like dress rehearse some of these situations um so that the players on the court if it's a loud gym or you know they can do it i don't have to do it for them Mm -hmm. i'll still be there you know with my hand ready like this to call timeout, but I'm hoping like maybe some of my players who can maybe do it with us give us a split second more because the player on the court does it or something like that. So that's the purpose of today's discussion is to one, get prepared. And then two, I would like to show coaches like how we worked on it in practice.
0: Yeah, so you mentioned a key aspect of this is like, what are some of the special situations that frequently present themselves? And I do feel like if you dig too far deep, then you can go out like there's a billion possibilities, but categorizing them will maybe make you feel a little bit more like, yeah, this is something that's actually manageable and you've created something to help with that.
1: Yeah, so what you're looking at is a portion of a checklist that myself and and really the with the help of a lot of the coaches I work with in the mentoring program, we tried, we did sort of a joint project to sort of create a, what's called it what we call the preseason checklist. You're only seeing parts of part of it here on the screen, the the subheading special situations. The the idea of the bigger project, the preseason checklist, was like kind of about this time of year. Like, what all do I need to cover? Zone offense, baseline out of bounds, press O, press D one of those subheadings is special situations underneath that we we created the checklist you see on the screen probably not an exhaustive list but but the main things that will bubble up need a need a three need a two down one so we want to have covered that maybe do i have a need a three set play in the playbook do i have a need a two set play in the playbook that we rehearse every once in a while. So, hey, when it, that situation, we decide and work on these things in August and September. So in February, March, we just say, hey, it's time to run winter. Ready? Mm-hmm. Everybody knows that? Yep, yep, let's go. Ready break and go go execute it. Up one. How do we – I think some of the up one situations are, are important as the down when you need a three, you need a two. When you're up one and, say, on defense – do we know not to foul who, you know, all these things, timeout usage, like when, when are we going to take a timeout, um, to stop a run or, or to stop the clock? If we, you know, when all of that stuff, who to foul, um, we know that's their 44% free throw shooter. So if he touches the ball, we got to foul him, you know, hack a shack or whatever, you know, um, uh, things like this, um, Two for ones. If you play with a shot clock, all these special situations. So we created a a um, a, a a brief checklist here of special situations to perhaps cover um, in your preseason planning.
0: So you would encourage coaches to. This is a great place to start because this yes. kind of keeps it still kind of broad. Yep. Not necessarily start with a we're down 56, 53 and there's three seconds on the clock because I think that's where a lot of coaches start. And that's where it becomes kind of anxious feeling is that like there are an infinite amount of possibilities at that point.
1: Yeah. Do I have a product for a need to three situation yeah. that I can point to? I don't want to be drawing it up on the whiteboard in the, in the moment I want it to have been decided. We, we touch on it periodically so when we're in a game situation and it pops up, we don't have to like. Feel OK, we're you know, we'll see <laughs> we've we've worked on this, you know, yeah. and, and what we should segue to next is a couple of, of methods that I've used a couple of uh, little products uh, or, or digital products that I've used to to help me work on. Them. The first one is just a, a chart. So what you're seeing on the screen is um, is all, all these different um, scenarios, and and what you can do is circle one from each column to create the scenarios. So let's say let's say you you circle your opponent scores a basket with the clock running, the second block down in that first column. So by and then you you would move over to the next column and and that would give you the score. You're up two points if you bump down. So you can kind of go up and down this chart and play with all the different scenarios. So circle this one, circle that one, circle that one. And then, okay, let's get two groups on the floor and play this out. So we just scored with the clock running. We're up five. There's two minutes remaining. The possession arrow belongs to the home team. We're playing a packing man-to-man and all the foul scenarios and just play it out and um if the if the column is blank then you can sort of like say like there's a column there blank that says players in foul trouble and say okay you you and you have four fouls so you can't go be the intentional foul guy right like if we're if that's part of the strategy so this the this chart is a planning chart for these different special situations Um, and you can you can sort of like you know, play one out. Some of them might be 25, 15, 10 seconds. Play one out, reconvene, troubleshoot, unpack what just happened and go, okay, let's do another one. And play them out and get get game-like experience with some of these situations that bubble up in highly competitive close games.
0: I feel like this is one of those projects where if you spend more time on the front end than at the once you get to it, it may be a little less stressful and you you probably have some better oversight as we've included everything because I look down through this and like you even have, I think a lot of us think time and score. So those are the only two things that we focus mm-hmm. on. And then the next level coaches usually think about like timeouts left and then the next yeah. thinks about the fouls. And then the next level thinks about players and foul trouble, but you even have on here like defense that the team is going against so t- sometimes it's against zone sometimes it's against man sometimes it gets pressure man sometimes it's against switching so yeah. there's even those variables that you've accounted for that a lot of times when we just create these on the fly i don't necessarily know that we've thought enough about it to give our players different types of looks
1: yeah so as you get your 30, 35 opponents, man, we may, we are need a three play. Well, we need a three play versus one, three, one. We need a three versus, you know, like that could possibly to be as prepared as we can be. I like, I like being able to customize some of those variables to say, okay, that could come up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's pretty edge case thing, but it it certainly could. And, and here's what I know you'll be scrutinized as a coach on your decisions in these moments. They don't, that's, you know, that's sort of like, um, can be an albatross around a coach's neck if they're not good. You know, if, if they get, if they get labeled as like, Oh, you know, he, he's not good with clock management or, or special situations like that, that, that you'll be scrutinized by a lot of these decisions and you'll scrutinize yourself too, because, um, you know, it's not always, this is the exact right thing to do in this moment. It's, this is the most probably right, most probably right thing. It's not guaranteed. Right. You know? Um, so the preparedness is what I want.
0: The best basketball coaches are relying on data more than ever. That's why coaches love huddle assist. With Assist, you can get full game breakdowns, including complete team and player stats, in less than 24 hours. Your stats are ready when you need them. And Assist is more than just the box score. Use interactive reports like shot charts and advanced stats like lineup data, VPS, and of course, effective field goal shooting percentage to coach smarter. Plus, Assist brings your stats to life. Combined with HD quality, automatically captured film from the Huddle Focus smart camera, every stat is marked on the video at the moment it happened. See every shot, turnover, rebound, and much more with just a few clicks. Want to see how Huddle Assist is elevating basketball? Visit huddle.com slash assist. That's huddle.com slash assist to learn more. This next one is very similar to that. And I like this because this almost feels like a game, like a, like a game for even the coaches where there's kind of like some suspense that goes into it. And like, what do we have today? So can you explain this one?
1: Yeah. So, um, some of the coaches who are in my age bracket might recognize these because this was like a common thing, uh, that got emailed around coaches years ago. Um, I I've talked to a lot of coaches like, Oh, I've seen that. Yeah, I have those. So, um, these are what are what we call special situation cards. And, um, if you're looking at the screen there, I, I, I literally printed them off and laminated each one of them and put them in like a box, like an index card box. And it would be every Wednesday throughout the season, myself and my assistant coach at the end of our practice, like the last segment of our practice, would divide our varsity team into two equal teams, say blue and white, since that's what the cards say. Um, And I take a team, you take a team, and we go over to the special situation box, or the manager does, and draws one out at random and says, okay, stop there. It says it's blue 59, white 61. That's the score. There's 8.1 seconds on the clock, so the manager's punching that up in the gym while we're practicing. There's six fouls each, so we know next foul makes the bonus, right? So and and we would basically coach against one another. And as soon as the card was drawn and it was the manager's putting up the screen, we got a one-minute timeout. We're going to get on the court. There's eight point one seconds to go. Possession and all these things about the scenario. How many timeouts left? And we would play out that eight point one seconds, and and there would be either blue's gonna win or white's gonna win. And we would play like two out of three or three out of five, depending on the time we had in practice that day. So Let's say we play this out. Scroll back down just a little bit. Say we play this out. It's 51 61. White holds on to the lead. You know, we play the situation out. White holds on to the lead, wins 64 to 60 at the end of 8.1 seconds. And that's one win for white. So we play two. Then we would reconvene, draw another card out, and play either two out of, and then, you know, there's another one at random. Okay. 10 seconds left. Sick. So we got a little more time to play with now. So, yeah, and and what tends to happen, Tony, is you do these week after week or a couple days a week, you you learn to kind of work together through these situations, and your players learn what you want, mm-hmm. and it gives you a chance to practice maybe the need of three. This team, the team that's down, they need a two to tie, they need a three to win. Let's give them the ball. Um, it's white ball under the under their own under their basket. They can run the baseline, so it's chance for you to work on like. Okay, blue might run out and they might be in a full court press. They might be backed up. Do we roll it? Do we all of these things like you get to practice that 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 pop up? Just keep revisiting these cards, draw them out at random. And the goal being, I want to shrink that knowledge gap between what I want as the coach in the special situation and my players knowing it. So they out there can like, coach wants a timeout here. We practice on that. We practice that coach wants us to roll it. We're down to, you know, we need more time. We're going to roll it. You know, like those those sorts of things, the defense, don't let them roll it. So bring one up, you know, like all these things that, that it just to, pre, it's just to prevent you from having to do everything in game.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I and think that
1: when, when you're doing that, you're already stimulating. That's when you're going to make a mistake, you know, yeah. like,
0: yeah, I think so many of us are already going to more games-based approach and practices. And then with the end of game stuff, or it could be any situation, I mean, it could be jump ball coming out of half, whatever it is. I think we don't necessarily make enough connection to what actually is going to happen in games. So just because you play three V three doesn't necessarily, you're creating a scenario that is close enough to the game that then once the game comes, your players aren't, already prepared or above the moment and what i have seen is when you don't prepare this specifically for things little things pop up like for instance the kid doesn't run the baseline when he could have or he does run the baseline when he couldn't have or they don't know when to foul or what a foul should look like or whatever and there is there is there are more teaching opportunities for me as a coach when i do these things that resemble a game exactly and i also love the fact that you are doing the two out of three, three out of four, whatever. And the time frames are so short that you can pack in three different, basically yep. sessions, teaching sessions in probably a five minute time. So it's not like it's taking you a whole section of practice to practice this. No.
1: Um, no, some of them are a bit longer, like a minute left. Some of them are even just a 20 minute half. Like, you know, like hmm. I, I, I tended to, to focus on the ones that are brief and short, In in this exercise, another thing I would encourage you to do is make is is put them in a little box or something and draw like make it random, because Mm -hmm. then it stimulates you to like you and your assistant who are, you know, divided your team up and are coaching against one another to. you got to think on the fly, you got to it, it it makes you, uh, you know, sort of like it flexes, though it exercises those sort of like, okay. Let's get, you know, those muscles of like, I got to think on the fly. But I will say this, man, like you can do all this and a player still may mess up something. Like (laughs) they still may call timeout when they shouldn't have or, you know, like it's but it I think it does decrease the likelihood. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember a game. um, It was a very important regular season game in, in, in Texas where I coached the. The regular season your district games and your seating in your district determines who gets to go to the playoff bracket or not. And you, those regular season games sometimes can c- carry like a ton of importance because it's it's not up to a committee or some power points. It's strictly off the standing. So you win, you maybe get in the playoffs, you lose, you don't. We were playing one such game and I had I had a player, I remember it as clear as a belt she she dove on the floor to get a loose ball and it was like one of those kind of scrums she 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 dove on the floor to get a loose ball calls timeout and and um, all you know sort of like did some things that that had come up in some of those special situations that she just reflexively did in the moment Called timeout, and and um, and like as soon as she dove on the ball, called timeout. She get she got up and like pumped her fist and knew that like we she had done something really strategically smart to help us likely win that game. That you could you know I remember the player after we ulti- we did ultimately win that game and the players were like hey special situation Wednesday good job. Her name was Melody. Like special situations Wednesday good job. Like it it stuck. And and mm-hmm. it mattered in the moment. She knew she knew we had a timeout left. She knew, you know, don't you know the maybe the possession arrow wasn't with us. So I got to get this ball. Call timeout. Like all of that mattered, and it and it was and it became like that to an instinctive reaction because of the of the um, addressing these.
0: This is one of those things where I see confidence just skyrocket. Like the like what you just said. There's there's you know there are a few things that you can do in practice to kind of like really get that confidence up in players. And this is one of those that I've seen and it translate immediately to games. I mean, we had one, we Mm -hmm. played our first game last night and we gave up a bucket with 54 seconds left and went down 81 to 80 Okay, and called a timeout. Um, Basically said to our guys, you've been in this scenario. We do something very similar to this, and I'll explain it because it'll just give coaches another another type another of idea. time and score idea for something. And basically said to them, you know, you guys are prepared for this. Went out, got two, three stops in a row, ended up winning the game 86-81. And the plays that they made over the course of those 54 seconds – you could tell like there was a confidence like we knew we know what we need to do there wasn't a rushed we still ran like our flow offense so it wasn't like four shots it wasn't on the defensive end it was you know a a confidence to continue to do the things that you were doing there was just a different feel to it than there has been in the past and i i believe it's directly correlated to the amount of time that we've spent in we do it a little bit different and i We'll probably mix mix in some more of the cards in the shorter times as the season goes on. But here early on in our preseason, we've got three weeks of practice. And so there's not a lot of us recreating things and we're just trying to play. We do a 76-76 mm-hmm. and you could adjust it to whatever time you want. But, you know, we do score tied, put three minutes on the clock. We don't actually start the clock until they get to 80. So they okay. can sometimes play a couple minutes without the clock actually running. And then gotcha. we play those final three minutes, just like a normal clock. And we'll do that once or twice a week. And I, I like it because unlike the, okay, let's put three seconds left, ball out of bounds, let's run our play. Those three minutes there at the end kind of naturally create some that, randomness. Right. And I, I do think it's important for those shorter 10 seconds, eight seconds, three seconds. But you also get like down the stretch of, Our team has this three-point lead. How can we hold this? Our our team is down by two. How can we still, with two minutes left, get ahead and then keep a lead or whatever? Like, There's just a lot of different things that it naturally creates that I don't have to say, okay, this is the one thing. And I think that that is what translated over to last night's game was nice. we have several things that we need to do here, but we've played a final three minutes a lot. And again, that's not something that we spend huge amounts of time on. We do it once or twice a week, and it's probably a total of 15 or 20 minutes max of practice time. But you get kind of the combination of just playing a game, players feeling a pressure situation, but also then have to, having to execute those end-of-clock, late-clock type scenarios.
1: Yeah. One thing, out a bit of advice, if you're going to do some of the cards or the chart that I showed is Hold yourself to the rules of the game. Meaning, meaning, if I'm the coach of of the blue team, you're the coach of the white team. We put the card up, the card, the situation goes up on the scoreboard, and I want to talk to my team about what we're going to do. Just because it's practice doesn't mean I get to talk to them for three minutes. I want <laughs> I want my manager to run a one minute or a thirty second timeout clock and win it because we're dress rehearsing. I don't get to talk for three minutes mm-hmm. in in the game. I got a thirty second or a one minute timeout. The referee is going to come over and say, okay, that's first buzzer. Come on, you know, like hold yourself to the rules of the game. Don't stop it in, in, in the, you know, if, if you, if they were back out there playing and like, hold on, we should talk about this. No, nope, Play let like. Teach let's in for three minutes and then nope.
0: try to come back and do it. Right? Play
1: exact. Almost like then referee it like a actual referee would. Yeah. Um, What I noticed too would be, you know, we would have the one minute timeout before the situation that we go out. And the players would be like looking up at the score going, okay. And they're like, yeah. And now that's what I want. That's what I want. I want them to be, I want them to learn the game like that. Like, oh, they should have fouled. Like, so now when you're watching TV, it's easy to say, oh, they should have fouled there. They sh- Like, I want them to absorb that knowledge that we all as coaches have. You know, mm-hmm. like, I need a foul. You know, I, this, this is worked on in other sports too. I know in, like in football, like there's, you know when to stay out of bounds, when to get inbounds, when to slide. so so it's all when to slide to stay in bounds, when to try to throw, you know get out of bounds, to stop the clock. Or it it's a vital part of the game. and it it's and as you think of preseason sort of funneling down from the we we start practice working on the big stuff, and then as games get closer, this is the kind of stuff at the end of the funnel that we got to put the 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 icing on the cake of our preparation with, because like you said, your first game of the year came mm-hmm. down to like timeout, special situation, up one, down one. Like mm-hmm. you got to be ready. Mm-hmm. And it's natural early in the year to maybe you've got to do a little bit more whiteboard coaching or calling timeout. But, but I, I want to get to where we can do this without so much intervention and control from me as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, it's prepared It's prepared me as the coach probably as much or maybe more, I don't know, uh, than the players as well. So I think it will benefit everybody to do those. So a ton of practical stuff there, and probably coaches now <clears throat> are wondering, hey, can I g- get those? So, Randy, sure. can you? kind of direct them towards those.
1: Yeah. If you want either one of those, email me Randy at radius and just say in the email, I've got a contact form on my website. You can, you can send me a message through there at radiusathletics.com. but just email me Randy at radius say, Hey, I'd like to get a look at some of those special situation resources you've got. Happy to share them. Yeah.
0: Uh, speaking of email as well, you sent out an email this week. Can you talk about that as well as where people can potentially sign up for that?
1: Yes. Uh, Twitter would be where to sign up. I send out an email this week, um, last night, actually, um, where I just sort of like offered some different variations on one-on-one playing one-on-one full court, one-on-one off a of skip pass, things like that. Just, just some challenge, some different challenges to say traditional one-on-one that make, try to make it a little more game-like and put, put players in, in game-like situations.
0: Sign up for that from Randy and you're going to get a variety of not just X's and O's, not just drills, but coaching ideas and a lot of uh, different things that will help you become a better coach. So be sure to check that out. Thanks to all of you who joined us this week. If you missed any part of the live show, you can go back and watch that on the hoops form or radius athletics. Just search either of those there on YouTube, but you can find that there on YouTube to watch the full interview, or you can go to any podcast platform. If you're more inclined to listen and search a quick timeout and there, you'll find the audio version of the show for Randy Sherman. I'm Tony Miller. We'll talk to you again next time on hoops Form.